Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Hello. Hello. Marlo. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hello. All the, all the sluts are here. Slutting it up on Valentine's Day. Like a bunch of ignorant sluts. Um, yeah. It cool. is Valentine's Day, or as I like to remind everybody, it's uh, the 92nd anniversary of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Everyone should watch Some Like It Hot. It's how I recommend celebrating Valentine's Day. Oh, so the hundred something anniversary of Captain Cook dying in Hawaii. That is true. Captain Cook was stabbed in the neck by Hawaiian natives in 17 fucking 70. Nine, I feel like. Oh, God, I had it written down, actually, because I wanted to talk about it purely for the fact that Mike Myers, not fictional murderer Mike Myers, but man who played Austin Powers Mike Myers. Yeah. Recently <laughs> starred in a <laughs> that is true. commercial they Mike Myers. bring back Wade and Garth to do it fucking Uber Eats. Oh, God. But... Party time! Party time. Excellent. Uh, a cool thing about Mike Myers, not cool at all, is that his dad was a British guy, Mike Myers being from Canada, his dad was a British guy who wouldn't eat pineapple because he was so so angry still about what they did to Captain Cook. And I think this is like top tier worst things I've ever heard someone tell voluntarily about their family. Because I'm sorry, if you're still smarting about some colonial revenge more than a hundred years later. Like, it'd be something if he was like, actually, I'm related to the Cook family and there was a personal thing. No, it was like on principle. He was so upset that they had betrayed Captain Cook. Wouldn't eat pineapple for, for his whole life. More for the rest of us. I mean, he's probably dead because Mike Myers is an old guy now. But Mike Myers, dead dad. Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> also, Mike Myers kind of infamously known to be an asshole and hard to work with. Love Sarah- Guru is one of the worst movies. Yeah. Sarah Silverman tells a really harrowing account of she was very, very, very young when she got on SNL and she was only there for like a season and a half. But apparently Mike Myers was incredibly mean to her. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, that, that was also like, and I mean, I guess it's still oh, like this, but just yeah. the days when there I were mean, all the clicks uh, in SNL. It's so funny that Lord Michaels has been in charge of that show, you know, except for that brief gap for its almost entirety. And he's got to enjoy like seven different narratives about himself. And they just keep getting increasingly more like adorable and lovable yeah. and like, cutesy in the guise of like, making fun of himself, but they're not really. <laughs> well, I, I feel like every boomer strives to be Forrest Gump, which is to say been integrally around important and yeah, seminal yeah. things, and that's but also none of it's your fault. Yeah, well, no, I mean, like, Lauren Michaels is well, now another, a figure of the counterculture. another fun fact is Regardless that of how true that is, uh, and it's not Mike true. Mike Myers' Dr. Evil is, is, like, partially based on Lauren Michaels. You see, like, there's definitely mannerisms. The pinky thing is for sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew that at the time because... I was actually in like junior high to high school. Like as soon as I was basically allowed to stay up that late, I would watch like you every Saturday Night Live Christmas. every week for years straight. <laughs> 
you know, I don't still do that. And that's the difference. Like, no, but like, you know, you're in that phase where it's like, you want to be a leftist, but all you have is like Orwell and Al Franken books. Yeah, you watch. I mean, I guess I was just, I was like, you know, that's all you got. Like, I definitely had a TV in my room where nobody came and made me turn it off when I was really young. So I definitely remember being in like second grade and watching SNL sometimes and then wanting to tell somebody else about it at school, but knowing that it was like kind of inappropriate that I watched it. So I'd like make something up that like my parents taped it and let me watch it, which in retrospect is even more inappropriate than me just staying up and watching it as a seven or eight year old. Uh, It's weirder if my adult parents taped Saturday Night Live and then was like, here you go. Uh, The next Day. They wanted to join you was, in um, really hyper aware of superficial, like political jokes and stuff when I was really young. So I was the only kid in my second yeah. grade class who could correctly identify the vice president. And yes, I'm a bit older than you. So that vice president, the only reason I knew who it was is because it was Dan Quayle and he had just done misspelled potatoes, which was an infamous Dan Quayle incident where he was reading off of a thing yeah. on a spelling bee it had potatoes spelled incorrectly <laughs> and he went with what was on the paper <laughs> instead of you know just knowing how to spell potato spell that spell that again and add, add one little bit on the end think of potato how's it you're right phonetically what else there you go I grew up being told yeah, about yeah. that joke, but it was during yeah, I the remember, early I remember years it like this is that like I was first told about thing the joke. I remember. Like so it's around second grade for me. And, but I definitely knew like I could identify the political figures, but via the jokes that were being made about them more than I was like just super smart or memorizing facts. <laughs> it was like Oh, yeah, I know this joke. Of course, then going into the Clinton years, not knowing really what the joke was, but knowing, like, I remember uh, Monica Lewinsky didn't happen until the late 90s, but, I mean, she was alive. Uh, Would it be great if they just created her (laughs) in the late 90s? (laughs) But um, earlier on, there was, like, a ton of other women who were like, Bill Clinton's a fucking creep. Well, was it early on Whitewater? Whitewater was early on, but before... Before he was even president, yeah. there was like Paula Jones, Jennifer Flowers, like, and I'm oh, saying, like, and those are not yeah. easily digestible to what ten year old maybe. Yeah, like I was just if I well, yeah, I'll say I know more. Yeah. Like I was alive for that, but I know more about it from the movie Primary Colors yeah, I just, than I do. Uh, we didn't have cable uh, from it actually much happening later. So uh, you know, I was just watching network TV. <laughs> this is what. I was sort of absorbing. But yeah. I remember very early on, there was some PBS thing where some chef was cooking with Elmo and he's like, Elmo, could yes. you get some quail eggs? And there Elmo said, oh, like the vice president. That's the like only political joke I can remember like my is my first political lockbox. joke I remember. <laughs> Well, I mean, I would say the first time people my age became generally politically aware yeah, I'm also converged so I, with Monica Lewinsky happening. Yeah. So I'm saying from my perspective, like that was like well, the first time me, anyone talked about me, it rather like, than I was the scandal aware of stuff uh, earlier than my peers just because I was a fucking dork. But the first thing I remember my yeah, peers, I mean, say, uh, like my schoolmates like being aware of was like when Bill Clinton ran and he went on Arsenio Hall and he played the saxophone and like people were like he's cool. Oh, and he went on MTV even though I did not have cable i did not have mtv i did hear about bill clinton going on mtv Mm. which was like super cool to people uh even Mm -hmm. randos in baltimore city who really didn't care (laughs) i mean i remember it being and no one fucking remembers this now but okay where the fuck did uh mccain announce like didn't mccain announce on late night at one point or someone announced on late night and it was a big deal and it was like recent 
Though, a side note, Megan McCain, whoever is doing Megan McCain's hair on The View or at her house while she, like, zooms to The View or whatever, it, it's hilarious. It looks like how I would like my hair done in 1999. <laughs> Wait, let me look this up. It's, it's like Chun-Li buns and, like, like, it would look cool on another kind of person. But it looks like whoever is doing her hair maybe doesn't even like her. My mother's entire political identity is just watching The View. I think is and that's a- my mom. The View makes her so mad. <laughs> Why? Because they it- are either not liberal enough for her, or she just focuses on, like, the one conservative person that they've had on the Which is why they have that character. I mean, my mom also focuses on them, but she also, like, entirely has her identity, you know, in Joy Behar's soul, or Whoopi Goldberg's soul, so she's like Patrick Swayze. It goes. (laughs) Yeah. Which I saw last night. At least your mom can Uh, Movie theaters. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Imagine getting COVID because be you had to it. watch Ghost in the theaters in 2021. <laughs> it would 100% be worth it. Oh, also, okay. we're like the only people in the theater. I haven't been in a movie theater since I saw Cats. <laughs> yeah, I think I think on Cut Gems at like was 11:30 awesome. in the morning. <laughs> I uh, went down to Delaware just to go to the movie theater and see uh, Black Judas and the Messiah. No, the regular nondescript Judas and the Messiah is black. Yeah, and I well, so I guess we can uh, we all watch Judas and the Black Messiah. And I have it right. We got it. A bunch of white comics. Another review. A bunch of white comics are going to review it. Reviewing a black movie. Please. So just, you just wait for Red Letter Media. Kind of review, I guess. Uh, <laughs> or don't and appreciate our communists. I, I say, I say, me, Bunny says, maybe read a black reviewer's review of it. <laughs> Preferably a black socialist, because wouldn't you know, I know like at least three black socialist film critics. So, you know, re- read one of them. If uh, you want another dimension, but obviously we're going to be coming at it. Well, we can talk about it as a, as it exists as a film, but also as the dirty commies we are. Now I know before uh, we saw it, I was worried because somebody had written like that they were capitalist washing, (laughs) (laughs) like obfuscating the fact that Fred Hampton. Wait, um, wait, what capitalist washing? I called it radical washing. Radical, whatever. So uh, there or, was some uh, fears. Non-radical wash? I don't know. Yeah. Some fears. First of all, Judas and the Black Messiah is about Fred Hampton. It's it's about real people. It's about Fred Hampton and Bill O'Neill. They are the titular figures. Fred Hampton uh, was a Black Panther and a Marxist, a communist, all these things. So we were curious about how they treated this because I think one of the themes of this here podcast is uh, discussing the ways there's a ton of anti-communist propaganda just casually in American media. And it's interesting, I think, to look at even a figure who is explicitly Marxist, explicitly an American Marxist, as well and how it's treated so i guess did you guys like the movie <laughs> it's first of all superficial. i will say i like the movie but also that's kind of the last positive thing i'm gonna say about it uh okay fair i was entertained by the movie I don't know if I liked it. Ariel fell asleep during the middle of it. So it's very long. Um, it kind of dragged at parts in the second act. Kind of mm-hmm. took a long time to get to the finale, I guess. I, I mean, it just, it, it felt like a, a big Hollywood movie. Uh, it's definitely a movie. It's definitely not a passion project by some Marxists who got some money to make a movie. It's, it's a movie. And it wasn't a Boots uh, Riley movie either, which I, we can that, go exactly. into. Exactly. This is what I I think I watched it sort of on two levels. Like, was it entertaining as a film, as a sort of biopic, which uh, I do personally really do like to watch movies about real figures like it's uh, something 
being. Um, it wasn't a full biopic. Well, here's the thing: is this movie is yeah, in I fact have some thoughts on is this. in fact not about Fred Hampton. This movie is about Bill O'Neill, who is the Judas from the title. About like 20 minutes into the film, I was like, oh, duh, this movie is about him, which is Lakeith Stanton's character. It's about the person who essentially gets caught up with the feds to snitch on Fred Hampton and sort of the complicated ways he's drawn into that. I will give the film an A plus for not making any of the cops really at all redeemable. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll agree with that. I, I was really appreciative of that, that like yeah. they didn't, especially the figure who was in direct contact with Bill O'Neill the most. I, you could see there, there was an opportunity to soften up that character or make him more complicated and whatnot, but <laughs> They, yeah. but they made him uh, uh ugly it's it's, it's <laughs> fat that's matt just damon. how that guy looks it's fat matt damon <laughs> but they, yeah they made no efforts to make him more likable i think and his fed arguments about the black panthers being you know the same as the clan i really liked that they didn't seem to in the world of the movie they didn't seem to have any weight it seemed like bullshit. oh i have a story so about I, that i also have some specific thoughts on in that the point. in the theater there was a black couple and when that guy jesse plemons said you know the clan is the same as the black panthers she yelled out get the fuck out of here <laughs> That rules too. Oh, man. This is history. That was worth it. Yeah, no, I will drive to Delaware and get COVID to hear that. It was so great. I'll get back to them later. Oh, should I say it now? Okay, at the end of the movie, I walked by them as we were leaving, and I I heard the guy yell at me, and he he raised his fist up at me. (laughs) (laughs) And I was it just Steven, because of your beautiful hair? Steven, is what you say <laughs> is what you're saying that he gave you a pass, Stephen? <laughs> is that what you're arguing? I think I, I didn't know how to respond. Should I have raised my fist or no? Is that a yeah, I wouldn't I, I would not if anybody raised their fist at me, album. I always do it. You back. always do it back even after a Black Panther movie. Absolutely. I, I do the closed fist when you see like World War II movies in Germany, they do the kind of lazy Hell Hitler where they just kind of like flop their arm up real quick. I'll do that, but just with a closed fist. <laughs> yeah, just a See, little... it's like it's like when I was driving through the city all right, all and, right. and the people are on their bikes doing protest and they got to pass by my car and someone gives me the fist, I give it back I, and I'm very I just wanted I just wanted to crowdsource, you know, what's the right response. I say if it's invited, I wouldn't initiate no. it. <laughs> <laughs> I say return, but not too enthusiastic. I think Marlo's got the right idea. Um, Don't fully extend the elbow. Yeah, definitely show that you are uh, a comrade. Exactly. Which is the other good point I will say about the movie is uh, despite never, uh, to my knowledge, if you clocked it, let me know, never using the word Marx, Marxist. Or Marxist-Leninist. Um, or Marxist-Leninist. They did refer to each other as comrade very consistently. So I, I, I and, feel like there was and, somebody in And the there were production. 10 mentions of Mao. I was trying to count it. There was mentions of Mao. There was mentions of Chinese people. And yeah, they kept hammering home that he was influenced by Mao. They even pointed to people power and said Mao, I think at one point in the on the black. Yeah, yeah no, they were legitimately uh, quoting Mao in that scene. Yeah, I, I mean, my general assessment of the politics, because I did also go into it of how is it as a movie? How is it with the presentation of the politics and i kind of then morphed that into something else but as far as the politics is concerned i'll say they were as explicit as they could be without ever saying the word marx or lenin i i which is in itself a repressive move sure that is yeah i mean sure you but can like, you can be as dog whistly and signaling as possible but like saying yeah, the no, words is still you know, appropriate given that you say the name of the party, you say chairman and 
mentioned now yes, a bunch of times. At the very least, it's intellectually dishonest not to mention Marx or Marx-Leninist. I agree, but, but I, also I kind of developed another criticism that sort of ever took that, mm-hmm. which is they didn't really explain the politics at all. Yeah, And you had a continual, like, trope of the Black Panthers shooting at police and not explaining why. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You know what? I guess as like, I'm are the Black it, Panthers I'm real, the good guys I'm in thinking, this? This is the thing. I'm thinking about what I already know about the Black Panthers when I'm watching it. I'm not, I, I wasn't thinking of somebody coming in just watching it as a movie and how that presents. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think that feeds into the Marxist-Leninist repression. To jump off Bunny's assessment of... Promising young woman. Yeah, so to jump off (laughs) that, it seems to be trying to undermine a sort of movie that isn't enough of a trope to warrant being undermined. Interesting. Okay, yeah. You can just do a biopic of Fred Hampton. You don't need to do a biopic of the person who killed Fred Hampton. I felt that was the cop out because I don't literally think they the honored, cop out. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they even honored the potential, like from a total film perspective. I don't think they even honored the potential of exploring Bill O'Neill's character and the complexities there. They just chose him as a center point so they didn't have to totally focus on Fred Hampton. So it could be this middling perspective that wasn't totally committed to pushing Fred's story. Yes. They got to kind of play this tertiary perspective of like we're watching this happen through this Judas okay, character. Okay, I have lots of thoughts. Wh- and, and like also I wanted to mention these people in real life were 18 and 21 years old. They were little tiny Adults. They were children adults. Um, so having like 29 and 30 year olds play them in a movie also M- made it seem more mature than they were. It may, and it makes the cruelty of what the government is responsible more justified. for less. Yeah, it doesn't seem, uh, but the. It doesn't seem as egregious as it really was. So I think there's still an opportunity out there for somebody someday to tell Fred Hampton's story on film in a more 3D way. I have a couple of thoughts on the perspective of the film and the use of Lakeith Stanfield as the main character and driving narrative because we follow him as like this objective narrator to Fred Hampton's story. Mm -hmm. And it combines two films in a almost, I don't want to say dialectical way, but in an interesting way, it combines Sorry to Bother You and Black Klansman mm-hmm. in that it's literally Lakeith Stanfield playing the same character because in Sorry to Bother You, his role was to be the scab that worked its way into the corporation to find out mm-hmm. the evil behind the corporation. And this this is the same story is that Lakeith Stanfield, he's arm wrestled into this role of like being the scab, working his way into the organization, you know, playing this part, which is divorced from his true self. And then he's supposed to uncover the horrors of the organization of the Black Panther in this case, which is kind of the reversal of Sorry to Bother You. And Black Klansman is pretty much almost the same story as this one, except I feel like this was supposed to be a more authentic take on the politics than Black Klansman because it it was a cop who falls in love with a woman inside of the radical organization. Was it Black Panther and Black Klansman? I don't think it was ever explicit, but he infiltrated the group, earned their trust, and, and like fell in love with a woman inside of it and then kind of started having this tension of sympathizing with the radicals and his role as a cop. And that was sort of how Bill O'Neill was played out here. But with the objective narrator telling you, he ends up being the bad guy in the end. 
But while you're in the movie, he feels like the protagonist that you're supposed to sympathize with. And I find that to be, as you said, the cop out. We can't tell you how radical or how justified the cops were in their actions. So we need to follow this character who is going to gloss over some of the more radical elements of the group um, in order to tell a story that is not the story of Fred Hampton. Yeah, but also as an outsider who is being sent as an interloper into this place, he's not asking the questions that would extrapolate what the views are because he's pretending, you know? So they get to avoid being explicit about certain things because of the way they've set it up just so. I was glad that it wasn't like a total wash. Like the cops are good guys. Everything. But like I said, I've been paying attention to my friends who are film critics and et cetera. And (laughs) I know at least two who are black socialists who saw this movie and I read the reviews of it. And um, basically it's like, as a film, it works, you know? Yeah, like it drags a little in the middle. I wish they wouldn't have montaged the um, sort of outreach to the other groups. Yeah, and that was kind of weird uh, too. I wish the Rainbow Coalition I, whole buildup was like, oh, here's some Confederate flag people. I yeah, they, they, they don't explain any of that. And they could have. Yeah. They could have so, easily explained. Marlo, really what, what do you think? I think you were gone. What do you think of this being like a th- synthesis of, sorry to bother you, and Black Klansmen? Because I've never seen Black Klansmen, but I think I see what you're talking about. Because the Bill O'Reilly character is the same character that he played in Sorry to Bother You. And he was a scab. He infiltrated the org- the, the corporation right. in that case yeah, yeah, yeah. and okay. worked his way up. Yeah. And then, you know, in this movie, he acts the same way. Like he gets well, his okay, arm, so he-, he gets his arm twisted by the cops to infiltrate, which is similar to the way it happened in Sorry to Bother You. And then he worked his way in only to find out the horrors of the organization in Sorry to Bother You. It was the corporation. But here it's the Black Panther, but he's actually figuring out the horrors of the FBI as he does it. And so he's playing the same character but in black Klansmen, it's the same story where like a black cop infiltrates a radical black organization and then he has this like sentimentality and push and pull as to whether or not he sympathizes with their radicalism versus his you know cop affiliation so my thoughts on the sorry to bother you comparison because i had a few because in many ways like sorry to bother you also notably doesn't I don't think ever uses the word socialism. No. Let alone Marxism, Lenin, any of that. I think there it works because it's approaching the subject from a different, like, film angle. But, like, it says its side through the ideology. It makes the argument for the ideology of unionizing workers over selling slaves, and it's not afraid to do that as saying, like, and it explains that, too. Well, okay, here's the thing it connects the goddamn violence to the fucking, like, why they're doing it. Like, and that's the thing that, like, kept annoying me about this is there was just this, like, disconnected violence, this fairly accurate dialectical synthesis speeches of, you know, the plight of the black man in modern America. No connection between the two, no thing of what they're trying to, like, achieve with the violence or why the violence is happening, what their goals really are. And then, like, the only way it tells you Fred Hampton is a good guy, the only way it, like, quote-unquote humanizes him is it has him knock up a chick at some point. Like, it doesn't, like, really say, like, what a great guy he is. It just is like, oh, he's capable of feeling love. Which That's is, nice. Which is similar to Black Klansmen, which is sort of my point, that they, yeah, don't, not- they don't ever explain the rationality behind the radicalization. They don't explain the rationality behind the communists. Well, yeah, they don't really explore Fred's The most we get story. is when I was like a little before- kid, Emmett Till was killed and I was sad. Like, or oh, Malcolm great. X and Martin Luther King were killed. Are you sad about that? 
Yeah. Yeah, and he's uh, listening to the speeches. But um, it, it is very much a, like it's a cop drama. Uh, and like they try and act like they're trying to plug the Black Panthers as the good guys, but I don't think they ever actually do. They definitely like hold back and they definitely. The lady in um, the theater definitely thought they were the good guys. Yeah, you no, know, well, and I can um, read that I mean, from it. I, they are the good guys. No, no, they are the good I guys. I know what was going I on. Think, <laughs> they were the good guys. But what they did is they did this. Bait and like, switch. They did this thing where. They didn't soften the cops too much. You still could be like, ew, all these cops are fucking gross. Blah, blah, blah. But they did leave the this... The Black Panther uh, seems hang- to just shoot people randomly. They they did leave it hanging in the air, especially the implication that the Black Panthers had tortured a snitch, Well, they right? did... Okay, they did set um, that up, and they did explicitly say, no, it wasn't the... It was literally this cop in the Black Panthers did that so we could blame the black panthers for that like they they were very i will give them credit on that what what i think you're getting at is that they dehumanize the black panthers to be this monolithic group that's neutered of its politics the iron is one of the best lines in it which was um todd from breaking bad saying like oh yeah the clan and the black panthers are two sides of the same coin which i feel is a very explicit like you know obviously this is wrong idea of both sidesism and i thought it was refreshing but when you look at the movie literally the structure of the movie is we have our protagonist and there's two sides of this coin of the cops and the black panthers that are literally two sides of his world and that's how we view Mm -hmm. them as an inherent binary without i feel like us watching it this is what we're seeing but i feel like it was crafted in a way where a person who is averse to communism who wants to pretend like the Black Panthers weren't a Marxist-Leninist organization. It leaves it open for those people to ignore the signs and walk away with a story that lets them divorce this true story from those politics if they choose to well they did they did say socialism a number of times and that i think was a giveaway they also said communism once do you know who said it though hoover j edgar Edgar hoover Hoover, who was martin sheen Sheen. and i'm i'm watching the movie and (laughs) then there's this one scene with with j edgar Hoover, where it's close up on him, and I'm looking at his face, and uh, I'm I'm watching it. And my boyfriend's in next to me, and I'm like, "Oh my god, is that Martin Sheen?" Like it took me out of the movie entirely for a moment <laughs> because it is really kind of horrible makeup. Uh, <laughs> he looked like the like, penguin. Like, he looked like he the looked, fuck. He looked. Like he looks like Danny DeVito's penguin. Like, he looked like his last name is Cobblepot. He looked like a guild uh, navigator. <laughs> from David Lynch's Dune. J. Edgar Cobblepot. I've been watching uh, the Harley Quinn cartoon, guys. It's very good. Uh, And I still never watch it. I just started watching it today. It's really good. But it's also like made specifically for me, the person who is super, who was super into DC comics in the 90s as a kid, but also specifically into the female characters in the Batman universe. But it's a comedy and it's very funny. (laughs) So anyway, side note, highly recommend Harley Quinn. It's on HBO Max, guys. Anyway. what we're getting at is there are a lot of tricks. There are a lot of tricks to make you think that this is a socialist movie, but not a communist movie or not about communists. Yes, where people can have that thing that people yeah. say, right? Where they're like, I just mean this thing and not communist, which is... Like, even if I didn't mean it for real, it would inspire me, the person, to say, yeah, well, I am fucking kind. Which is, eh." which is... (laughs) Even if I wasn't... Which is the the Boots Riley meme when, uh, what's her name from Democracy Now? uh, Goes, so you're an anti-capitalist. And Boots Riley goes, communist. I don't know how you guys feel, but I think I had the most time as a shit lib in my life. (laughs) personally um so 
like I remember having these same kinds of thoughts or sort of perimeters around what mm-hmm. I believed, right? Because I had consumed a lot of anti-communist propaganda, which we all have uh, if you've grown up in the United States. And it's interesting to reflect, to think about me seven years ago and how I was open to making distinctions like, yeah, like democratic socialism is cool. But like, I'm not a mm-hmm. communist, yeah. right? Which is um, a common you, thing in the DSA. <laughs> yeah. But then coming to a place where I'm like, oh, well, communism is the <laughs> ultimate goal, right? And even if I'm open to hearing arguments about practically this and that is blah, blah, blah. Theoretically, I've come to a place where I'm like, yeah, communism is the ultimate goal. But I also admit that me personally, there's a little bit of provocation that I enjoy Mm -hmm. in that, which was exactly the thing I was trying to avoid in my previous life, right? And and I see it, like, there's still people I am close to who, they're not on the same political journey as me. (laughs) Like, because I'm in entertainment. Like, I have a ton of friends who are liberals who work in entertainment. And it really is funny because the ones who are gainfully employed, who are TV writers, who blah, 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 they are so much more... You know, Mm -hmm. the Libby liberals, right? Just in recent years, especially like in comedy, I've, I've definitely gotten to know a lot more overt leftists and leftist comedians and things like that. But that's like Mm -hmm. a super new thing. Well, it wasn't in the, an alternative to be that. It wasn't an option or it wasn't acceptable in some social way unless you were in Vermont. Or like, you know, I had disparaging views about like fucking crust punks with whatever over here. Why do they got a dog? Like shit like that. Like where I'm just relating like a specific person I saw who I thought was a fucking dipshit to whatever. And like that is often what a lot of people are doing. And that is also why I understand the choices made in a movie like this. Because here's the thing. This fucking uh, Gina, whatever her name, got canceled from Star Wars fucking this week. Hollywood's very conservative. Like It's not a super even progressive quote unquote, whatever that means, place. It's very conservative in the fact that absolutely as soon as you threaten a bottom line money-wise like you're out of here, bitch. <laughs> like It's not confusing that way. It's not fair in any other way but if you're talking about whether somebody is hurting or helping the bottom line of the corporation yeah, that's pretty reliable thing about whether somebody's getting fired or promoted. So that's what I think is kind of funny when there is that sort of old school liberal Hollywood idea. It's actually super not. Well, well, <laughs> like, I mean, also, individual actors, liberalism is extremely like conservative. It is. Well, yes, but... I understand that, yeah, this was probably the best they could do. Uh, It felt like the writer had written a whole shit ton about Marxist-Leninism and some editor came in and just chopped it to bits. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I'd be curious. If if there's a director's cut, it just felt like they squeezed in a couple proletariats at the end, they squeezed in some mm-hmm. sermonizing uh, uh, about the working say, class and about. I would say some of his speeches were quite good and could be a part of a movie like Sorry to Bother You that never mentioned socialism by name but has speeches like that. But they weren't ever brought into connection with the movie as a whole. So they were just mm-hmm. isolated sermons, well, as you I, said. And I felt like they were very careful to. All of those moments were like lifted directly. Like those are all literal like quotes of Fred Hampton. They didn't dare editorialize too much in the things that were overtly political in those ways. But he wasn't ever... I don't know. It seemed like it almost had a strained relationship with Fred Hampton. Right. No, I'll agree with that. It, that it, that's definitely something. It I've, felt like the, the Malcolm X movie almost. It was like a... Where he's heralded as literally the Messiah, but also 
he went too far. Well, again, it never justifies any of the actions of the Black Panthers, which is sort of important to do. Yeah. And and, and in that context, it makes it seem like the Black Panthers are aggressors and taking their politics too far and, you know, acting like the militants that... They're not even explicitly justify, but like, like, connect, these are our politics and therefore this is happening because of this. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you can disagree with their politics or say like, oh, they shouldn't be in this situation or whatever. You can disagree with it but like it needs to give a holistic argument as to why they keep shooting at mm-hmm. police officers mm-hmm. I did want to bring up this one moment uh, there is this one moment where the Bill O'Neill character is like let's go blow up um, the C4 right someplace yeah like, which was the most yeah, like, I've like got the C4, hacky let's scheme well it, it was the most I'm a rat thing you could think of I know yes but which is how was, they took it interesting about it but there's this moment where fred hampton is like what are you fucking talking about if we do that they'll bomb yeah. us right and i just they already bombed sort you. of well I no thought, that didn't happen for a couple years uh, well no 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 like i feel like if you know the history here and you know what happens well, after it's this it's kind of like the, like, there are it's little kind of like the whitest are, kids you know i thought the, um I, wait 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 i thought the c4 scene that came after he got out of jail yeah which is after the bombing yeah you know no, i'm saying that moves. he's talking about the police i'm referencing moves uh where the philadelphia police did bomb essentially a black panther adjacent organization i felt like that language was chosen specifically because there are certain things in this movie that are indicative that if you are aware of the history here you can appreciate it but that somebody who's not aware can mm-hmm, easily mm-hmm. ignore and tell their own kind of super it basically it hides its it. most radical elements in dog whistles it is really the thing mm-hmm. and it's like yeah i picked up on the dog whistle but there's still fucking dog whistles. Any opportunity I have to tell people who seem unaware of the move, what we just yeah, mentioned, we the, the bombing of move. Um, I, I always do that because I, it's so recent re- in relative history and so close. And people are like, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> and I'm like... Which also, to this movie's credit, Um, simply having a blockbuster accurately depict the assassination of Fred Hampton is reasonably shocking to a white audience. Like that, that should be pointed Uh, out. I think it's hard to the movie's credit. Should be pointed out. They definitely make these cops seem like the The lady in the theater was horrified. (laughs) She was just so angry when the cops came in. Like, I mean, like, because that is what happened. And I mean, I, I remember learning about it, like, you know, from friends who listened to Rage in high school. Yeah, that was probably one of the things that, like, partially, like, early radicalized me was like, oh, yeah, the cops literally just assassinated this guy when he was sleeping after they drugged him. Like, yeah, it's, like, kind of weird that that, like, is part of history. Yeah. Any movie that moves the needle on the idea that cops are bad <laughs> is good. That is what I will absolutely praise this movie. Unlike about. Black Klansman. Uh, which- yeah, like, and I, I, I'm fucking sick of it. I'm sick of cop apologetics. I don't care about your complicated boots, story boots are, piece boots, of shit. Um, um, Riley had that long essay that he wrote about Black Landsman. Black Landsman. Yeah. And I feel like this movie tried to use some of his notes to make it mm. like I felt like this movie was trying to take his notes into account when making an equally large blockbuster movie that sold you on the idea that militant Black Panthers were infiltrated by cops. And here's a way to present that. It did achieve some of the notes that he gave, but it also didn't use the ideology that uh, Boots Riley was writing about from it. So it fell flat in that respect. Yeah. It was interesting that Bill O'Reilly didn't have a love interest. And I think that we should do what 
Fred Hampton did in this movie to soy boys in the DSA when they hit on a girl at a meeting, which is to make them do push-ups. I think that that should absolutely <laughs> be done. And it's a travesty that the DSA hasn't incorporated. Marlo, yeah. you're more in... Honestly, more things on the left move. should yeah. be modeled the after... Black Panthers. No, the Black Panther Party things. Because one, there's like codified sort of... We have information about it. And it's American. I'm just saying. It's not inapplicable just because you're fucking white soy boys, guys. <laughs> do some push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think in general, it works as a movie. It works as an entry point for some people. There's things to be left desired as a leftist. Yeah, if I, um, I could just touch on, uh, yeah, connecting it back with your promising young woman. Like, because mm -hmm. I'm also, I'm, I'm rereading Black Jacobins right now. And one thing CLR James does is it's absolutely, and Bunny, feel free to correct me on the pronunciation, a... Hagiography. What what is that word? <laughs> Hagiography. Yeah. Hagiography. All right. It's whatever. either one. Um, it's it's a it's a you're making a sense of out of, this uh, of Toussaint Louverture, who there are very legitimate criticisms to be had of him, and if you read other histories of the revolution that were written subsequently, they are more critical of Louverture. But C.L.R. James kind of felt he deserves a George Washington treatment and he hasn't had one. And I just feel like making a movie about Fred Hampton, you're like, oh, let's subvert the trope of movies about Fred Hampton, which doesn't exist by making it about the guy who killed him. And it's just like, well, just make it about Fred right? Hampton because we don't have. OK, yeah. Yeah, why like, can't we have one? We should have yeah. one hagiography. We should be able to have that. It's very difficult to find things to really criticize Fred Hampton about. Uh, this is why I I am critical of the... I think the performances were great on a fucking dumb actory level. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I love these actors. But I really wish we could have seen how young these people were. I just think to show the U.S. government conspiring to murder essentially teenagers, children, there's something to be said there. Of showing that, you know, like Fred, Fred Hampton was 21 years old when he was killed. That's incredibly young. Uh, William O'Neill, younger than him, right? This is a 17-year-old that initially got fucking manipulated by the FBI, uh -huh. you know? Because he's a fucking dipshit kid who pretends he's a fed to steal cars. Uh -huh. like, and they threatened um, him. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like they threatened him. And, but these, like I said, beautiful, amazing actors. I just wish we could have seen that how young these people were, you know, <laughs> they're, they're well. And in fact, I mean, the Black Panther Party in general, mm -hmm. is incredibly young. The figures we know in history are all in their early 20s when you initially learn about what they're doing which you know because we're all we're all fucking soy boys over here uh <laughs> with our with our late adolescence and whatnot I, I think also we have to put it out there we knew who fred hampton was because we're interested in mm -hmm. american marxists <laughs> and blah 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 but i think there's a huge segment of people who have never heard of this motherfucker and this movie will be their introduction to a story in history that they're unfamiliar with and in that way could be worse you know like it, I, I feel like one person will become a communist from this so yeah maybe <laughs> Plenty will avoid that. Uh, it, yeah, it'll be like entirely. searching for Bobby it allows Fisher for that. You know, I'll end up mm -hmm. reading all of Fred Hampton's books and starting my own chapter of the Black Panther Party at the age of 15. I do love the yeah. Black Panthers. Last leftist um, party in America. Uh Right? Mm -hmm. No? Is any uh Marlo? I also I, I love yeah, I, I, mean. I love to I always think of the 
Japanese Black Panthers? <laughs> uh, or are there's a tradition there where in my life I met a whole community of Japanese Rastafarians who also had this like connection to Japanese Black Panthers. It's very interesting little side history there. But that's why I was disappointed in this movie that they did sort of montage Mm -hmm. the Rainbow Coalition aspects because too much focus on them white boys, one. Um, Unearned. And I wanted to hear more about the impetus, the philosophy, the, the, the reasoning of him doing this instead of it just being this almost cutesy fucking, you know, let's get them all together. But... I do think it's cool that there's going to be at least a handful of people who will see this movie, think this movie is cool, and be like, wait, what's all this uh, about? I think um, Fred Hampton uh, is the next Obama, is what I'm saying. He brings people together. Well, I do want to uh, point out Fred Hampton Jr. is alive. He is raising money currently. I'm going to put the link in the show notes for Hampton House. That is a thing that exists, and they are literally just like... I think less than $10,000 away of their goal. He and his mother, who was featured in the movie, um, basically do this like pure kids program around the Black Panther. It's called like the Black Panther Cubs. Like I said, I'll have a link in the notes because they did mention him in the credits of the movie. Uh, And I say uh, he got a couple bucks thrown their way. You know, why not? That's all right. Watch it. Or don't. I say watch it. Can't hurt. Also, you know what, guys? Uh, Brandy as Cinderella. It's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, watch that as well. For me, the only Cinderella. Yeah, yeah. I say. Watch that. Watch the rest of the adaptations of Cinderella that exist. Compare them. See what your favorite is. I say Brandy. Our next 63 episodes, we'll be going through every adaptation of Cinderella ever done in media. (laughs) And comparing them. Starting with, um, you know, I almost did get a fable in folklore mm. citation in my Curated by Bonnie. So <laughs> I could go real deep. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll do it on the Patreon. I don't know, guys. Is this, yeah. is this all we're doing this know. week? This I think movie. we talked about other stuff. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, Donnie T's innocent, so we're all... We're all on track. God, I wish you. I really, I really do wish you was oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> I really do wish you was that. that would be so fun. They, like they should have just let him back for the day. I, I given it to him for like twenty four hours. Say, say, say the N word. We don't care. Mm-hmm. Just, just have it. <laughs> um, I did uh, appreciate that. Exactly what. I predicted what happened happened, which is yep. nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Waiting more and more weeks for your money, guys. For all of our money. It's very funny that the, the Democrats voted to take yep. the recess. <laughs> and no rush, guys. No, no rush. rush. I mean, why would you need it? Like, they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what we cared about is mm-hmm. this impeachment. I was invested. You know. The only thing keeping me from becoming the Joker day-to-day is, um, I guess, marijuana. Well, mine's my know. general love of humanity <laughs> and uh, optimism uh, about life. You know, that's what I want the folks that listen to come away with, is that Marlo's yeah. the one yeah, who I'm, loves I'm the optimistic one. Uh, no honestly what's keeping me from becoming the Joker is that I am watching the Harley Quinn animated series and the Joker is a bad guy on that yeah but also oh god I feel like they're gonna give me which is my favorite thing which is a bisexual uh, poison Mm. ivy Harley Quinn romance I feel like it's going there it's one of my favorite things in life which, you know, it's one of a number of things uh, over this year of quarantine that it's like, wait, how bisexual am Mm-mm. I? Uh, <laughs> it's a fun, cool. it's a fun thing. You're Harley Quinn, uh, Poison Ivy, bisexual. I am for sure that like Venn mm. diagram of bisexual. 
I'm for sure like a Harley Quinn bisexual in that um, I too had a abusive <laughs> ex <laughs> who occupied a, a good deal of my young life. And now I'm like, I don't know. Maybe murder is cool. Guys, it's so good. It's a really good cartoon. <laughs> this is the thing. DC only makes good animated properties. The animated Wonder Woman movies are Word. also really good. What the fuck the did Killing I watch? Joke animated? Uh, it's just I don't fucking... think it was Killing Joke. Could have been Killing Joke. Ah, fucking remember. I, I watched the. Well, did, no, did Barbara think, Gordon uh, get shot they, and paralyzed? I think they killed the uh, Dick Grant. Well, then it wasn't Killing the Joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah uh, Death in the Family. It's also good. It's also good. I am a fucking dork, and um, but the animated ones are really good, and this particular one is really good on HBO Max. It's for grownups. They say fuck. There's also a storyline where one of the bad guys calls Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember like turning it on, <laughs> and he gets a, and everyone gets mad at him. It's so funny. It's really, literally this is like what yeah, I would no, I, I do remember watch, um, so. like they played it like super late night on HBO once and I like had turned it on and yeah I remember thinking it was like kind of Archer with Batman characters yeah, yeah it's a really good really that. fun um, mm-hmm. honestly it's my whole cool. personality for the last 48 hours so yeah <laughs> uh. Oh, I gotta but, go uh, pack yeah. the kraut, so, as they say. No, I need to. I need to yeah, put salt and cabbage in jars so it ferments into sauerkraut. Is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. good for your belly. Bless the winter. <laughs> All right, happy yeah. happy V Day, everyone. So that's right. Watch some like it hot. Watch <laughs> Juice and, and the uh, Messiah and Charlie. Watch Clark. about a boy. I find that movie My- delightful. Yeah. It is Watch Ghost. Fair. Bye. To the future, Cecilia yours To the heavens from these wooden floors Many flows from this era pause Even overhead pterosaurs I am here today and forevermore Accompany God's quiet when the streets on fire All I require is open ears to get us so higher Retired from modern slavery after getting hired The bravery of our heroes shedding light on the liars The biggest jokes getting rich prior to being pulled over When in the skin of minority We already targets designated by authority Don't miss them commander-in-chiefs, King Phil Dorothy Far from my home static, let the game change tragic Do you believe in silver bullets or one that's magic? Or you believe it was given what they diagnosed magic? This the sermon spread the word, LaBelle has it in the baggage When it all falls, forcing us all to live life savagely Had to be start of the revolution You have to understand that you have to see Christ, peace If your dad struggle, your dad will win If your dad not struggle, then God damn it, you don't deserve to win Infatuated with black suited niggas looking to holler And what it really is on the back of the US dollar I'm racing all the all in the driver's seat of a charger Trying to dodge deception flooding in on me trying to be smarter Copy diploma get a BS for all of the BS So BA master of passing them up on relay So doctorate with something in the air I'm coughing up the truth for coughing up presence of blue and red will stop decaying know the blue and red stretching for generations on replay Prime and prime suspects race to perform a gut check The crack was on performance enhancements enhanced the devil Ronald Reagan leaving trails of the white like Hansel and Gretel Jet as fast as you can like you trying to win the medal Try your luck with seven chasing that racism ran cops Building seven soul to wound in search of a shamrock But before they finished in the hand stopped What they needed was a revolution Before they finish in the hands, that's what they need.
a day can since black stands and spot gold. Played ants since black panthers shot cold. These hands for labor gon' manage fortune, won't make it. Tell Uncle Sanders since the Joe Lewis reincarnated. Stroke of the pandemia said our image was sealed. Andrew, the best Carnegie, all we know is to steal. All we know is to kill and they'll blackmail these black males. Ain't nothing when you back in frail and you back in jail. And now Detroit got lions, tigers, and fear in Chicago synonymous with direct comparisons. Fear the bystander sick to his stomach, his mother buried in tears. And the daughter posted on corners, ain't seen her family in years. Once you discover truth and find the means to share the mission, it's multiple that's behind the camera carving up division. And if a nigga finish before they figure solutions, they can set fire to this institution. We'll spark a fucking revolution. Why don't you live for the people? Why don't you struggle for the people? Why don't you die for the people?